This is Byron Lacine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 182 of The Real Word. Word is up. There's a lot of things up, including a lawsuit that has popped back up after a settlement. We're going to get into that in racket. Ooh, you're popping one. a lot today. Yeah, I know. You see that? I see that. We'll get right into that. That's uh, interesting news, to say the least. Uh, Oregon is the first state to do something in the real estate industry. Wow. And Marketeer of the Week, we've got one. So stay stay tuned for that. All hmm. right. Justice, or maybe we don't have one. Yeah. No, we do. We do. <laughs> Uh, no. Justice Department, DOJ, withdraws from its settlement, its antitrust settlement that it had with the National Association of Realtors. Okay, so there are at least five, there's many Billions articles, many of articles, articles yes. Um, there's a Wall Street Journal article that I thought was pretty good, warning to the real estate cartel. We can go through an that. An opinion piece. Yep. That's an opinion piece, but but I thought it breaks down a bunch of good yep. information there. Yep. yep. Uh, the Justice Department will take a new look at those outrageous broker fees. I, I would disagree with uh, Michael Toth, who mm -hmm. uh, wrote that, of course. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of good ones from Internet. Well, I love that he called it the cartel. The cartel, yeah. Yeah. The guys, a total... So gangsta. It sounds so, like, we're now we're gangsters. Michael Toth, totally bitter, probably, um, you know, has bought and sold once in his life. Okie doke. And so here we go. Way to go, Michael from Maybe we should Wall search Street him Journal. before we start throwing yeah. stuff like that again. <laughs> I don't I don't care. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, but Inman's got a bunch of good articles. Andrea, who we cover all the time, Brambilla, she uh, has one NAR could a deal with Trump DOJ to undermine commission suits. This is according to the Consumer Federation of America's assertions uh, that they're saying that um, basically and basically what happened was, yes, the Department of Justice under the Trump administration is when the settlement was made. It was when the lawsuit was made and the settlement yep. coincided, basically. Yep. And we'll go through the timeline in a second. And then now new administration uh, Department of Justice is backed out by the way. This is the first time ever, ever in the history, history of these types of things that an that a federal antitrust authorities have agreed to a proposed settlement, only to back out of said settlement. First time that's ever happened. So it definitely means they are they want to look at this mm -hmm. closer. Mm -hmm. They are serious about this. They wouldn't make this a first time thing if they weren't serious about it. Let's go into the timeline. In case you haven't been following, uh, if you plan on staying in real estate, you should start following this. November 19th, 2020, the announcement, the DOJ announced the suit on November 19th of last year. The complaint ran, ran 11 pages long. We covered it. Mm -hmm. uh, pointed to a handful of practices that, that regulators deemed anti-competitive. Mm -hmm. Now, coinciding with the lawsuit was a settlement mm -hmm. that NAR and DOG both negotiated together and right. said, we're going to change these things. We're putting this into motion right now. We're going to go ahead and make these changes. Okay. And so they, and so they actually started working on those. So um, November 20th, the next day, speculation grows. The days following the lawsuit's announcement um, were dominated by analysis. So Jay Thompson, who I want to get into one of his pieces mm -hmm. as well here, uh, a, a new one, mm -hmm. argued that the case would ultimately be good for the industry because it would increase transparency, which mm -hmm. I think we both agreed at the time. We always agreed that we wanted transparency, yes. More transparency, the better. And so some of those uh, changes that we're going to make things more transparent, like the lockbox change, I, I thought that was probably pretty good. Uh, I mean, for too long, real estate has been a black box, which enabled anti-competitive price collusion and misinformation. Okay, we, we both agree that... Um, we want to get away from those things. Okay, so now go all the way to 
this year, March 23rd, um, 2021, changes mm-hmm. in the works. NAR spokesperson Mantiel Williams told Inman the trade group was still working through the details of the settlement. He said the process could ultimately take months. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe NAR wasn't moving fast enough for DOJ. I don't know. And I don't know what the settlement said, how, how quickly they had to move on this, but... Uh, Hope that NAR. Well, it does sound the changes it, well. Again, out. as you read further, though, it does sound like NAR was unwilling to uh, make some changes for. So DOJ. on May eleventh, twenty twenty one, NAR's general counsel and chief member experience officer Katie Johnson, chief member experience officer Katie. Let's let's uh, get to know each other here. Uh, discuss. So, so what's her? She's a C a C M a C M E. She's a lot of things there. C M E. Discuss a number of lawsuits NAR was fighting, such as those. Uh, dubbed the um, where the homeowners ha- have basically mm-hmm. done these uh, class action lawsuits as well as the DOJ case she specifically revealed that NAR was still negotiating its settlement in the DOJ case so they started to renegotiate DOJ wanted some other changes to the settlement they made with NAR NAR was like no no, no we agreed on these changes we're moving forward with these we're not going to start to add more stuff to right. the pot here right, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, June 15th twenty. 20- 21 new regulators on June 15th, Linda Kahn took over as the chairperson of the Federal Trade Commission. Though FTC is not involved in the DOJ case, it's tasked with investigating what it deems unfair and deceptive trade practices. And she's been a vocal advocate of updating antitrust laws to reflect new realities in the marketplace. And so that was a big moment here uh, with upheaving this DOJ settlement. June 2nd. Why would they go from June 15th to June 2nd? On the uh, timeline here. Maybe it was 20-something. DOJ gets into pocket listings. Okay, so now they go June 15th, June 2nd. DOJ argued that a judge erred when dismissing an antitrust lawsuit against NAR. So DOJ did not like a, uh, sounds like a federal judge's dismissal of an antitrust lawsuit against NAR. Mm -hmm. The case was filed by the PLS, formerly a private listing network for real estate agents, argued that NAR and various MLSs broke the law when they banned pocket listings. Okay. Uh, July 1st is when the deal fell apart and uh, Department of Justice announced that they were abandoning their settlement. Explained it was taking this action to permit a broader investigation of NASA, uh, of NARS rules and conduct to proceed without restriction. So what they're saying is that it, that the settlement was too restrictive, that if they wanted to go and do an antitrust lawsuit in the future for something else, it they was going to prohibit them. To, yeah. So, right. so that was interesting. Now, what were the changes that ultimately they agreed to? Let's recap those. And I, and I think um, Jay Thompson's article does the best job of breaking that down. Okay. So um, that's an opinion piece. Jay Thompson, this came out on, on July 6th. Uh, he's saying this matters quite a bit. All right. So the, the rules Prohibiting MLSs that are affiliated with NAR from disclosing to prospective buyers the commission that the buyer's broker will earn mm-hmm. if a buyer purchases a home listed on the MLS. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was fine, right? We agreed. Let Why the buyer not? see Why the not? commission yeah. being offered to of the to the buyer broker. Uh, I absolutely think that that is fair, okay? Allowing buyer brokers uh, to misrepresent to buyers that a buyer's broker services are free. So, so saying... You know, you've heard this a lot. Well, a buyer we hear saying, it everywhere. Oh, no, no, Every don't worry. Agent, no, it's free. It's free. You don't it's pay free. for me. Nothing's free because you don't pay for me. ultimately they're taking out the loan. They're, they're right. putting the $300,000 and they're giving it to the seller and all that commission's coming out from the seller right. back to... So the buyer is... To the, both the agents. Right. Indirectly paying. 
Correct. Yes. I mean, that's the argu- the big that, argument. That's here. the huge argument. Right. Yes. So um, basically make, making it unethical for a agent to say to the buyer, oh, my services are free. Right. Right. And so there you go there. Now we, and this gets into, hey, if you were, if each party, because this is unlike most transactions, right? If if the seller had to pay the listing agent and the buyer had to pay the buyer agent, the buyer would be able to afford less and and those commissions on the buy side, this is the argument and, and this is true, buyer commissions would go significantly down mm-hmm. because they'd need cash. They would need cash to make that transaction. They wouldn't be able right. to borrow that in, right. in, in their um, mortgage. Right. And and you'd see what you have in Europe where basically buyer agents don't make anything. Okay. So there you go. They're enabling buyers, brokers to filter MLS listings based on the level of buyer broker commissions offered to exclude homes with lower commissions from consideration by potential buyers. Um, limiting access to the lock boxes that provide licensed brokers with access to homes for sale to brokers who work for a NAR affiliated MLS. So basically they, you couldn't have a rule where it's like, you've got to be licensed to get access to this lock box. I mean, that's really going to help companies like Zillow, open door, Redfin, where now if the homeowner signs off on it, anybody can get access to this lock box, a more sophisticated lock box, probably with um, cameras and scanning and barcodes, window barcodes or whatever. Yeah. yeah. What time you're, yeah. 100%. Now I don't have a problem with that either. No, that will, that no. Will, well, they were talking about like, you'd have to scan your license. I mean, that's a lot of those yeah. buyers at this point now right. too. I mean, in all honesty, you'd probably get a lot more information on the buyer if you were the seller in that type of situation because you're seeing their license. But it would be interesting too because I wonder if there would be any sort of fair housing there too because now you know, right? If the buyer could see the license. I don't know if the buyer would be able to see well, the license. Well, the seller. Maybe somebody, I mean, the uh, seller be able to see the license because to your point, we're going to get into that here on, on racket number two uh, with the Oregon decision there. So what now the list, so the listing agent would, would, be, would getting be the one getting those licenses. Information, yeah. Interesting. Very. Okay. As reported by Inman Nars, Vice President of Communications, um, those changes which we just discussed, they were going to go ahead and start moving forward on basically those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, with the seller's prior approval, a licensed real estate agent will have uh, access to a lockbox of properties listed on the MLS, even if the agent does not subscribe to the MLS. So it's kind of, I guess, just agents, but but I think w- where they were going with this, and it's a little gray here, yep. that the agent with seller's approval is going to be able to give access to that lockbox to more people, including agents not associated with the MLS mm-hmm. and potentially consumers as well. Hmm. Uh, so NAR and the MLS has went as far to begin implementing these changes. Now, here's the statement to NAR reacting to the Department of Justice withdrawing from mm-hmm. the settlement. This is a complete unprecedented breach of agreement by the Department of Justice to withdraw its consent from a fully negotiated settlement that had been approved by the head of the antitrust division and we had to begun to implement. National Association of Realtors rules and policies 
have long sought to ensure fair and competitive real estate markets for home buyers and sellers grounded in our commitment to act in the best interest of buyers and sellers. We regularly update our rules and policies to protect consumers and provide transparency. Mm -hmm. NAR has fully, uh, has fulfilled all our obligations under the settlement agreement. And now DOJ is inexplicably backing out of those agreements. If the department does not live up to its commitments under the terms of the agreement, we are confident in our pro-consumer and pro-competition policies. What are they saying there with the last line? They're saying, we'll see you in court, DOJ. We'll settle this there. We feel very confident in going to the Supreme Court. Nicole. So everything's on hold for now, folks. Everything is on hold. Uh, do you? Who do you blame here? Do you blame... NAR for, for not negotiating more with DOG, J. Uh, DOJ. Do you, do, you, um, do you think NAR is right to say, let's just go to court? Where are you on this, just the withdrawal of the uh, the first time ever? I mean, I'm, I certainly has, has haven't been this. sitting there, so I don't know if NAR was necessarily dragging their feet. I guess I understand um, the DOJ's stance on um, sort of, you know, if they do settle, they're sort of eliminating themselves from future... Um, you know inquiries but at at this at this point i i can't even say either side you're committing to a side you're saying this is like shame on you nar you're saying shame on you to nar no, i want you to commit to a side i'm certainly not committing to anything on this yeah. but well here it is very interesting. I do think that there's a lot of talking points here that are left to to have. You know, there are lots of conversations still left here. Here's which what's clear: makes sense why it's on hold. The MLS is under attack, and I mean it's under attack from so many angles. Zillow mm -hmm. has obviously changed the MLS forever, and in the end, like I've said from the beginning, with all of this, who's going to get bigger? It's going to be companies like Zillow. Absolutely. They're going to get I, more I, control because they don't care about Right. NAR. I think what's very interesting, though, is that I think that this market has also brought to light mm -hmm. even more issues. So well, it's a hot market. Buyers and sellers are, 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 you know, everyone's pissed. But like things are moving and I don't think that people are feeling like they're getting a fair shot. So it's all it's all very interesting. It's all very it's you don't just have the. I mean, there's look at there's 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 you, you don't just article have this, after article after article. Well, you don't just have this Department of Justice, you know, settlement with NAR on the antitrust uh, lawsuit. You also have those big class action lawsuits from homeowners, the Morell uh, class action, mm -hmm. M O E H R L. I don't know if that's how you say it, but we've talked about that a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. um, you've got several antitrust lawsuits in the process currently that are moving forward. NAR, Realogy, Keller Williams, Remax, Zillow, they're all involved in lawsuits. So when you start stacking up all of these and you have an administration right now that would like to see things like commissions come way down because they think that's going to encourage home ownership. It gets interesting to, to say that nothing, oh, we'll be fine. Um, NAR's got great lobbyists. Like nothing's going to happen to the mm -hmm. real estate agent. If good comes out of it, like more transparency for the consumer and those types of changes that we mentioned, mm -hmm. that's a great thing. If there's restrictions on the ability for consumers and agents to negotiate commissions and there's a cap on commissions, I mean, we're, we're talking about a real communistic approach, in my opinion, if we're going to restrict free market. 
that would be terrible for the industry. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but those, those, that's the timeline. That's what's going yeah. on. Uh, but like you said at the top, like it's time to start following this. Yeah. yeah. No question. Yeah. No question. If for nothing else, just to be able to prepare a lot of these things are going to take time, but as we move forward, there's, right. there's more information that continues and, and this withdrawal uh, by the DOJ being the first time, it could could be considered a racket. I think I'd be in that category. Okay, uh, racket number two, Oregon becomes the first U.S. state to ban homebuyer love letters. Talked about this previously. This is potentially a fair housing issue. You right. get the love letter. You get a more information on the buyer. For sure. You, they might include a photograph. Most Nick, include photographs. Well, most they, include stories of their their families or their or their situations or their where they've been, where they're headed. I mean, it's... Well, Nikki Short, who works with us here on our team, uh, she said that when she was selling, actually in Oregon, uh, when she used to live there, uh, coincidentally, she received a buyer love letter from the buyer and it include an ultrasound photo, included Ooh. an ultrasound photo. Uh, so, in the, I mean, uh, it's, it's a little I, weird. I, huh, I've actually had a buyer go as far as, because again, you can see who owns these homes, right? And now with like Facebook and Instagram, she started Googling the homeowners. She found out that they had the same dog that they did. Oh, wow. So she included a- Got to give them then, a $5,000 deal. She then <laughs> included a picture of the dog so that there was some sort of like related. I wow. mean, it's, it's, it's intense. So it's funny though, because again, we've talked about this and obviously the and concern here- She didn't have here, to vacuum the dog hair. Hey, you got the same dog. I'm just yeah, gonna just leave, leave it, dog. right? Yeah, leave the dog hair. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah. It's interesting because again, we do talk about it being, you know, very fine line on the fair housing. So as a buyer's agent, I'm always like, if, if someone's drafting one, I don't say no, but certainly on the listing side, I do not give them until after they've made their decision. Once they've made the decision, I will then give them the letter. To but see you're no longer pushing chose. them as an agent. As a buyer's agent? Right. Are you? I shouldn't be. I'm certainly not pushing them, but I'll, I'll tell you, 10 times out of 10, I get a letter emailed to me from my buyers. Right. Because they think that that's now the standard and that that's what's going to help them. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, I can see where it causes I'm fair shocked that issues. listing agents are still giving them, to be quite honest. I mean, right. Because if holy I'm a listing hell. agent, if I'm a listing agent, I'm giving zero. Zero. zero of them. I'm not zero. giving any of those. Uh, I may. Again, I'll do it at the very end after they've, ch after they chose, but I'm right. not, I'm not certainly giving them at the front end. Because I feel like I'm fully representing the seller, I would say, hey, I've received love letters. I advise, I don't, I'm not opening them and reading them. I want to make that, I want to put that in an email that to my seller. I'm not opening or reading these yeah. because I could then be liable for, for what's in them with fair housing. Right. I want you to know that I've received them. I want you to make the decision on whether you want me to forward these do you to you have, or not. Do, I usually have these conversations when I'm listing the home. Do you have the conversation on like the list? I like, would. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I would have that hey, listen, conversation. Yeah, because yeah. again, I think some of these individuals are expecting and, letters. And I want you they to- they need to understand why they shouldn't I be want reading you, them. I want you to know my advice would be to not consider or read them at all. At all. So yeah. I, I'd want you to actually turn down the opportunity to read them and base each- you know, offer. So are you then giving them the, the opportunity you once family? you get it and then they're saying no to you or you're not even going to them and saying, hey, I have it. No, no. I would say, hey, I've received these. I've I'm received not reading it. them. Do you I advise them? you not to read them either. Are you reading but them? Obviously, yeah. I have them and it's your home and, and I'll forward them along. I if you just, want me to. yikes. Even just, I feel like you still just have to say no. 
Yeah, because the agent, even I think in that situation, forward them along. Now there's no now, rules in, now in 49 in trouble, other states. They're in trouble. Holy hell. In this market, everyone's pissed off. Oregon has clear rules, which are going to start January 1. Most agents, by the way, are just going to implement this today where they're just not going to allow, you know, they're just going to get used to it here for the last six months of the year. And so uh, there you go. Oregon first day. I don't think that uh, they'll be the last. I think there'll be m many more to follow. And I don't think this is a racket. I actually, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm great with it. I try to help consumers remove the emotional side from the transaction. This is all emotion. This really, you're making poor decisions when, when you're basing off of, oh, I want my home to go to somebody who I really want it to go to. It's not your home anymore. The minute right. you sign that paperwork yeah. is not your home. Right. Keep the memories, keep the photos, keep the videos. Right. It's no longer your home. Don't care if Uncle Louie built it. Don't care about any stuff. It's Pack not it your up. home anymore. Pack it up. Let's go. Yeah. And so that's our job to help help people right. get through that process, obviously. Marketeer of the week. This is a study. So a biased study, I, I will even say. It's super biased. Is this an opinion piece? It should be. No, no Andrea wrote it. Andrea Brambilla from Inman. Vast majority of real estate listings uh, lack good visuals. This is a study. So it's not an opinion. This is a study from a company called Box Brownie. But Box Brownie They're trying benefit. to sell their services for sure. Mm -hmm. They would benefit. The company said, uh, da, 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 let's just, virtual staging company. So there you go. The yeah. virtual staging company, Box Brownie. But some of the numbers in here are very, are very interesting. Now their study, yeah, absolutely. What they've put together uh, is very interesting. Yes. Now, so let, let's get into to the, the actual numbers here. 94 percent of listings do not include a virtual tour okay now they're defining that as an immersive 360 degree tour so they're talking matterport probably right yeah they're talking matterport um so specifically not a slideshow or powerpoint display of images and not a video so we do video on 100 percent of listings yep. aerial yep professional photography yep Floor plans, which they get into here, only 16%. Yeah. I've always been, I've always said, listen, at a bare minimum, 100% of listings uploaded to the MLS should have professional photos and floor plans. Floor plan. Because you should be able to, you should be able to get a floor plan of the property. Well, now, especially in this market too, and a lot of people aren't. Any market. Aren't true. 16% of the studied listings included a floor plan. So that's way too low. Now, at the minimum, I think you should have those two. We go as far as video, aerials and a professional write-up on the MLS. Okay, so now they're saying only 94%, so only 6% include a virtual tour. Mm -hmm. Here's here's one thing, okay? We talked about it in number one. You got the Department of Justice who wants agents to be paid pennies, but yet on the other side, you should have a virtual tour, right. you should have aerials, yep. you should have photos, you should have floor plan, yeah. you, you should have a million now, different and things. And now you're paying to have it virtually staged. Oh yeah, and then brown it's, and virtually then now we're, stage we're it. Finding, figuring out where the beds are going and where the where the Cheerios, you should pay, the Cheerios you should pay to in. work. Yeah. You should just pay <laughs> to work. This, this, you know, this is crazy. But on the flip side, again, in this study there, it's, it's crazy. It keep going. Cause it, again, you're talking about 16. Single family homes, people, only 10% only of single family homes had a floor plan. So 16% right. was for all but homes. But as you go further down, look, 
look, 67% of buyers want go. You just scrolled past it. Want a floor plan. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's oh, buyers want floor plans. I, yes. I think that I think that's probably low. I, I I would say majority of people want to see a floor plan because when you're looking. And a floor plan could could be solved with the Matterport too. Of course, right? Well, you can pull the floor plan out of the Matterport. Out of the Matterport, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, on a Matterport, you can easily walk through. It's a little more time consuming. I like the actual static floor plan. It's like boom, that room's over there. If well, I as long to as move. they're right. I mean, you've seen True. so many on Facebook where like there's no door to get into the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. So then it's like, is that like is it, that again, a closet, it's, an yeah. office? Or what's very interesting is I found, and again, we've seen this even at our developments. Buyers are now using those figures to figure out um, square footage. And I'll tell you, some listing agents are using that square footage from the from those floor plans too. Where like. Yikes, like these are just sometimes they're just kids using a, a an iPad measuring the wall. So that kind of stuff could be a little misleading too. But um Yeah, in your marketing, I make sure that, you know, these are um it's you know. disclosed that way. But I do think it gives a great sense of of the spaces, especially when the photos are sometimes so choppy as to like first floor, second floor, are you in the kitchen or like what bathroom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Now, what's your thought? So 94% are doing a Matterport. Do you... you, 94% of the people are not. Not doing a Matterport. Mm -hmm. Do do you think everybody... We're not doing Matterport. We are not doing Matterport currently. What do you think about that? Uh, About... Think we're making a mistake? I don't know that we're making a mistake. I think... Well, it's interesting though, because at the beginning of the pandemic, we were doing Matterports. Yes, I mean, we were Matterporting everything. We were Matterporting stores so that people could shop at stores. Um, Yeah. it, well, you had to. I mean, no one was able to go anywhere. I think now it's changed a little bit. I don't know that a Matterport is 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 as important. But I, to be quite honest, why not? What would now we're doing video? Yes. As opposed to the Matterport, I mean, I could make an argument that a Matterport's more important than our videos. One hundred percent agree. Because really, our videos are sort of like a highlight reel. Right. Like it's to get people excited. It's to get them in there. I, I think that the Matterport is. It. I mean, you can look up. You can look down. You can look at the. You could see what the flooring is in there. I mean, you're really getting a great sense of of the space. Where again, we've always said, you know, photos are the first showing. But in this, I mean, this is a true showing. Where again, I know you and I have always sort of argued over the fact or agreed with the idea that you know, getting an an an, an offer. Sight unseen is scary, but if you were to do a Matterport situation, you're getting a great sense of that space. Hey, DOJ, I think I'm going to go up on my commission and start including Matterport. There it is. On 100% of <laughs> listings. All right. Love your comments below. What's your thoughts on DOJ dropping out of the NAR settlement? What's your thought on the first state banning love letters? And uh, love to know if you're in the 6% of doing Matterports on 100% of your listings or if you're in the the... 16% like us. Floor plans. Doing the floor plans. So love your comments. I, it's interesting though because I feel like in this market, I mean, some people aren't even doing professional photos anymore. Which is absurd. absurd. That's just wrong. Yes. Share this video with someone who can comment on the three topics. Uh, subscribe. Please hit the notification bell and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys. Keep it real.